All right, hi everybody. Welcome back to D Pod. We have another BTS episode. We got a special guest guest today, Kevin Huang. What's up? What's up? Hello. Welcome. Finally, hello, we hello. finally have Kevin on. We had Emily on before, but um, we just had like a a lead bros lunch today, Dude. and then use as an excuse to have Kevin come back to downtown Hyde Park and record this. So yep, it's good to be here. Nice. So um, so Kevin is uh. The other full-time guy, the full-time lead bro in Chicago. All right, so you're the first one besides me that's being interviewed that's right, for D-Pod. Right. So I think um, I think we got to ask just about kind of full-time life, you know, and kind of hear from you what that's like. Mm. So um, so what's it like being a, a full-timer in Evanston? What, what What is it that you do, Kevin? Yeah, what do we do, DP? <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a that's the question. <laughs> it's, it's that's a question. Yeah, what do we do? We kind of do a lot of stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think a, a lot of it is. We should just talk about message prep. Yeah, message prep. Yeah, that, that is, is a big part of it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess as a pastor, um, they that's the, that's the one thing that they I think expect us to do is message prep. So that's yeah. that's a little bit of the week uh, preparing. How much time goes into a, a message you think for your, oh, for yourself? I guess it, it varies week to week, right? It varies week to week. Maybe, gosh, ten to fifteen hours. 10 I would 15 say hours, in yeah. a given that's, week. That sounds about right. Yeah. So it's like yeah. all of one one work day. Yep. Maybe plus, half of another work day. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think your rhythm is different from mine. Like I, I do Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Yeah, yeah. As well. Um, well, we were just talking about this because I think I have. Um, well, in, in high school, I was kind of a terrible student, but then I have a good friend named, named Brian Drew, which he's uh, he's at our Boston church now. And so we were freshman year roommates and he's one of these guys where he just constantly makes you feel guilty for not studying because he's always studying <laughs> and he's, he's just really disciplined. So then kind of learned from him in college. So then I have that mindset of, I really don't like procrastinating. So then for messages, I'm convinced that if I just work on it a lot, then I can get it done so I can move on to the rest of my week. But I still haven't learned, but with messages, you just never quite finish. It's one of those, it's hard to put it down. So <laughs> I'm never really quite hard. satisfied with never anything you write. Yeah. So then all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday. And then pretty soon <laughs> it's like, what is my, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but that's, that's, that's definitely one, one big thing that we do um, messages. Um, but it's not just that. I don't know. I think a lot of it is, is meeting up with students, meeting up with staff, just um, being fully available during the day. And try to go on campus to to just be a part of the campus rhythm, and then we have kind of odd things too, like um, like one cool thing is that we have Midwest Lodge, so me and DP are, are kind of down there mm -hmm. uh, fixing things and and meeting up with contractors and, and go to Home Depot. So that's that's a little bit of it too. Um, I mean, I felt bad recently because on Mondays I've been part of these like the the catapult meetings, the um the meetings to do like you know talk about the future of our church and things like that, and then um while I'm in like Zoom meetings um. Kevin's going around checking the mouse traps, <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> discarding dead mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, dang, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> to do most of that. that's nice. And then, and then, like some of us, so full time lead bros, we have like a Marco Polo thing. It's an app where we can send updates, and then, and then I just love, hey guys, I'm at ML right now, and um, check out what I found. And then it's like dead rats. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> people yeah. are like, oh, that's not what I was expecting to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a unique. Privilege, I guess, to be full time, uh, to be entrusted with with the church and ministry, and try to, yeah, try to try to be all there for people. Yeah, and I feel like the way I mean, I, I've I've met a good number of pastors, and uh, you know, their roles range from people who are like teaching pastors, who literally all they do is they just study and they just prep the next sermon, and they're doing that forty hours a week. Um, to kind of, I think we're sort of on the other end of the spectrum where. Uh, the role of a full-time lead is not really, I mean, of, of course, the, the preaching is a significant part of it, but really we view our role as a lot more holistic than that, yeah. right? It involves everything from, yeah, like property management to um, to a lot of administration and logistics and, and future planning and kind of uh, thinking about the the vision for our church and, yeah. and things like that. So um, I, I, I like the fact that we get to do a lot of those like kind of random things too. Yeah, it's, it's not just exclusively preaching. And something recently that Pastor Red mentioned to um, the, the full timers that I thought was really, really, um, just had to kind of remember is that you could be doing the right things but not be doing things right. Um, 
or I'm sorry, it's 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 the opposite. You could be doing things right, but not be doing the right things. Mm-hmm. And just um, the the temptation is is oh shoot, like I'm a pastor, and so I got to get up there on Sundays and I got to preach this message. And it's easy to get into your office and close the door and like go away. I got to prep message. And um, and in the process to like really be missing out on on just people and being available for people, and that's a tension that I feel all the time. Because again, like technically, I guess I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm planning for events and planning for for messages, but um, the reality is that like like Jesus was so interruptible, and and ministry is not just about preaching from a pulpit. It's about being being fully available. It's understanding what people are going through. It's ministering to them. And so I I feel that push and pull. And so for me, it's literally. And one commitment that I had to make is to leave my office door open because it's too tempting to to like just close it and, and crank away. But um, and then it's it's uh, it's I don't know. Sometimes easier said than done because I live with four single guys. And <laughs> we lived two blocks from campus, and so guys are over playing Star Realms and playing foosball, and and like our, our house is kind of a de facto ministry center, and mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of hard to separate the two. Um, but um, almost have have never regretted just just being there. And like, hey, whatever, whatever's on your mind, man. Like, there's nothing else that, that I need to work on. Just being fully available for for folks. Um, but it's yeah. So we're kind of having to do everything. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And yeah, so for people listening, you know, yeah, that's uh, Kevin's open invitation to interrupt him. Oh, yo, just however you want. So yeah, just yeah, and, and me too, and me too for the people in Hyde Park. Yeah, yeah, I know it can be kind of. It feels like oh, you don't want to interrupt the leader, but no, actually, like yeah, that's yeah. that's part of our job, right? Is to is to have our lives open and yep. you know whoever needs to talk to us. So. Um, so what, what is, um, what's hard, like maybe, maybe I can ask like, what's, what's been hard about full-time ministry, you know, cause we, we went full-time at the same time, right back in 2019. And, uh, so what's been hard about full-time ministry so far? And then you know, what's been a blessing? Like what, what do you enjoy about this challenge? Cause yeah. I think it is a challenge to be a full-time minister, but yeah. So I was, uh, reminding DP of something that my wife, um, told me recently or rather recently this past year is 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 Emily was really blessed by this Time magazine cover of <laughs> Joe Biden back in uh in February March of last year and this this is this is um, around the time when when Russia invaded Ukraine and um and so the time the Time magazine cover was Joe Biden like with his his head buried in his hands and it's just really sorry looking cuz then it's just <laughs> it's tough to be a president it's tough to be the top leader because I mean, like domestic policy, foreign policy, like his agenda not being pushed through, and and everyone has something negative to say, and so it's just it's it's tough. Like the whole the whole weight of the world is on his shoulders, and and so then Emily is looking at that and she's feeling, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful I'm not Joe Biden, <laughs> and um, I have nothing to complain about. Um, I think I think that's 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 hard. I mean, we're not the president of the U.S., but I think just being a top lead comes with it a whole host of of things. I mean, just. Hey, what are we doing this week, and what's the what's the plan, and um, or what's what's kind of the, the future direction of our church? What are we doing next next quarter? Um, down to like just dealing with with people and different issues, and helping people through different struggles, um, and just the the fact that we have I mean UTDP we have like young kids at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 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 older son has eczema, so kind of like just dealing with that whole thing. Um, even down to to just laundry that's piling up and dishes and keeping our house clean and family obligations. So I think. Just the the wearing multiple hats um, and having to make decisions is 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 hard, and then just the reality of life too. That um, like if you make a decision, then then it'd be cool if everyone's like on the same page. But then of course it's hard to hard to please everybody, and this constantly values intention in all that we do. And so just uh, yeah, having having to kind of navigate through that is is pretty hard. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think I think blessing um, one one really sweet thing is. Is as a church planter, you just get really close with your team. Um, just, just uh, I don't know, just a lot of good memories, and and not just just doing cool things like taking trips and stuff, but I don't know, just just doing life together, just knowing everything about what what other people are going through, praying for their parents, uh, cooking meals together, like celebrating birthdays, um, and then just just doing ministry together. That's a that's a huge that's, that's really sweet. Yeah, just getting really close with the other teammates. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I was just thinking about like, yeah, just the the sheer number of decisions, like you know, kind of when you were talking about what's difficult, the sheer number of decisions that need to be made, um, like at, at at the top lead level, and um, yeah, and I, earlier we were joking that you know maybe we should take that Joe Biden um, that portrait and put it over our desks or something, oh, yeah. so we can constantly be reminded that uh, at least at least we're not at least, him. <laughs> at least there's Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah, at least there's Joe Biden. But yeah, that's that's crazy. But I think I think. You know, I've I've definitely experienced 
um, a lot of growth in that area because you realize that actually, I, I think when I when we first started, it felt like every decision was like equally important. Yeah. But then over time, you sort of know like, okay, well, this one, there's not that many options. It's actually only like two or three different ways you can do this. Yeah, and, yeah. and so you're, you're able to like crank through those decisions a little faster. So yeah. it's all part of the growth process, I think. So, yeah. Um, so can I ask about like, because, you know, like uh, you guys, you and Emily have always been a little bit ahead of us, like in terms of raising kids because Jacob's a couple years older. And um, so like h- how have you sort of processed being uh, kind of a parent of young kids yeah. and, and then being a, in a pretty busy position of like having to lead a church and and then um, kind of a, a small church, right? We're not like in Berkeley yeah. anymore. And, and you know, there's not, definitely not as many people around. Like how, how have you kind of personally processed that for yourself? Like I think a lot of people would find that really difficult. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's been hard. Um, I think the, the tension is, is, you know, we want to be fully available for ministry and we don't want to slow down even when you get married, when you have kids. But then the reality too is that we are, we are called to be fathers and, and to, to love and to raise up our kids. And so in, in the day to day, it's like, it's like, Hey daddy, can we play? And, and it's like, Oh man, like I'm meeting up with somebody and, and, and just, just give me a second. We can play later. And then, and then something comes up and so you, you, you do kind of feel, you feel a little bit bad too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shoot, am I, am I spending enough time with my kids? I think one thing that, that, I, that I try to do is to not allow my kids to have an ounce of any self-pity. Mm-hmm. And so literally, Jacob, you're the luckiest boy in the world, huh? Yes. How many, how many Lego sets do you get from your uncles, you know? And, <laughs> and like how many people are over and... And like you got to do what you're flying to California again, <laughs> and um, and so so even even recently, um, Jacob he has a he has like a starring role in this like um, dramatic reenactment of the the parable of the talents at school, and uh, he's he's been telling me ever since January, hey dad, Wednesday March 22nd, like we have chapel, or our entire class is going to put on chapel for the entire school, and he's been kind of building up toward it, and then. We, we, we only realized a couple of days ago that, shoot, that's, that's during our trip to California, our spring break trip. So he's not oh, going to be there. He's been like, he's been practicing oh, his lines and he has it down pat. And, and even then it's like, oh, shoot, we do feel kind of bad because we, we should have connected the dots that there was a conflict. But then even then, like, <laughs> Jacob, you get to go onto an airplane and fly through the air at 700 miles per hour and eat like popcorn. And, and we're going to stay over at like three different houses and get to see the Sierra Nevada and view it. So... So just uh, not not to let them feel any any sense of self pity or entitlement because the reality is that we do love them we do spend time with them uh, whenever we can on the weekends or at nights and and, to, and I just just uh, last week I was teaching Jacob how to ride a bike um, and and gave of myself in the process kind of throw my back because <laughs> I'm trying to trying to hold on to his his seat but anyway so I think that's 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 kind of there too um, less because I think otherwise um, just emotionally it's too hard because yeah. if you feel pulled in so many directions. Um, so there's there's that. I think one thing that I, I um, we've been trying to do recently, very practically, and our, our friend Wilshen heard it like on a podcast, but um, the, the power of even 15 minutes with your kid, mm. um, 15 minutes, and then the, the crucial thing too is to do whatever the kid wants to do. And so so those two in combination, because it's usually you can find at least 15 minutes in a given day. So for me, it's when they get home. And so I, I, I put down my, my phone, I put down my laptop, and it's like, all right, Jacob, let's go to your room. And it's daddy Jakey time and whatever you want to do, you like, you tell me, mm. uh, typically I would just want to like read or do something kind of chill. But for him, it's like Legos or it's, Hey, let's build a fort or, or Hey, let's just talk. And, mm. um, and then, and sometimes we'll, we'll actually just set a timer. Um, but he, he loves that time mm. and he like, like he's like asking for that time every day and it's surprising. It's just 15 minutes, but that's been really sweet. And so I have, I have daddy Joshy time, daddy Jakey time. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's another thing that we've been doing. And then maybe just a last one, um, if there are other, other parents out there, but um, just trying to get in the habit of, of having a lot of conversations with, with my kids to have like a talking relationship rather than just, just hanging out. So one thing that I started a couple of years ago was um, daddy's lessons. And so I'm, I'm just a nerdy engineer who likes <laughs> random facts about the world. And so we have a jingle, daddy's lessons, daddy's lessons. And then I go, hey, so, so Jacob, have you ever wondered how clouds work and how rain works? And he always says, yeah. And then, and then I kind of nerd out on it. Um, so just the, I don't know, these, these, these small things to build, to build rhythm, to build pattern, to build ritual uh, that he really looks forward to. So yeah, those, those, those small things kind of help. Hmm. That's nice. You should, hey, maybe you should start a podcast and it should be daddy's oh, lessons. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you should. 
Yeah, and then everyone else can listen to your lessons. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm sure Emma would want to listen to yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uncle, my, Uncle Kevin's lessons. Because my wife doesn't want to listen to these lessons, <laughs> yeah. so at least somebody, <laughs> somebody, yeah, out, there at least somebody out there would want to listen <laughs> yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's really interesting, though, because, yeah, so, you know, what I'm hearing from what you're sharing is there's a little bit of, like, that daily intentionality. I really yeah. like that 15-minute time. I think I, I should do that with Emma, too. Yeah, um, yeah and the key being, like, what, what they want to do or yeah. what the kid wants to do and... And then there's kind of the the big kind of formative experiences that they get to have as a result of being part of yeah. part of the church kind of rhythm in life too. Yep. And yeah, I think yeah, I'm always trying to kind of tell Emma like how how lucky she is and stuff like that. And yeah. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before how like when it's just our family eating, sometimes Emma's like, "Oh, is no one else coming over?" <laughs> like, "Oh, it's just you." So so sad. <laughs> like, I'm like, jeez. Come on, man! Like, yeah, it's her yeah. family. I'm your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah, so they, yeah. yeah, but they love it. Yeah, they love the communal life. So yeah, so you've been uh, at the NU ministry now for like almost three years now, right? Yeah, yeah. And so maybe, maybe I can ask you, um, what's kind of your impression of NU students? Um, like, how would you describe a typical NU student? Your typical NU student, I I thought that they would be really kind of um preppy, but like in the worst way. I, I don't know anything about NU, but I, I imagine it's kind of a, a top school. Um, so really stressed out, really kind of nerdy, upper crust uh, of society kind of a, a student. But my, my experience is that they're kind of down to earth, normal. Um, you'll, you'll find your good your good collection of, of slackers and folks that play basketball. But the thing is, even the slackers get good jobs. So <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that. Um, I think they're, they're secretly um, really smart and really studious. Um, uh, and then, and then there's the whole like NU. They, they one of the taglines is "and is in your DNA," and so um, they, 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 the, the school itself really markets how you can pursue kind of all of your passions. So you can be in the the music school, but you can also be a bioengineer. And they, so they have this kind of glossy promotional video that that they play. <laughs> People are stressed out though, <laughs> and it's like, dang, you're just doing a single major. There's almost like one of these like, oh, is that, is that all you're doing? But the, the typical yeah. NU student is is pretty stressed. It's a very pre-professional school, so people headed to to different grad school programs or, or things, and so, mm. um, so so under I think underneath the the cheer, cheerful exterior, there's a lot of uh, it's just it's it's pretty hard. Um, you, you'll get freshmen coming in, even saying from from the first day of school, they feel like imposter syndrome and. And and just the, the the kind of the endless rat race. So, um, really, yeah. So that that's 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 maybe typical of, of most students, but you, you see that a lot in you. Mm. So then, let me uh, let me ask you then about you, Chicago students, because that's uh, you know the other big campus that we're at. I mean, we're at the we're at some of the other ones too, but you know we started here at U Chicago. So what what's your impression of um of you, Chicago students? Yeah, you, Chicago students. I need to be careful because I'm here in Hyde Park, so I'm like here on your turf. Um, <laughs> no, uh, DP, I remember what you, what you said. I guess somebody told you that the you should. Oh shoot! Now it's what I said. Oh, yeah, shoot. yeah. So it's it's like that kid in English class that raises their hands and and talks in class, but who actually knows what they're saying? Who actually knows what they're talking? Yeah, about. and so that's and you should go as a school full of people like that. Yeah, and, and everyone's like that, and and people are slightly argumentative and combative with their words, and they delight in. And uh, and endless genealogies and and fruitless no it's not not fruitless just I it's a, there's a certain cachet I think to be able to, to talk and, and and discuss it's really cool I don't know my my experience of, of engaging with these Chicago students is that um, you're you're in for at least the scintillating conversation um, but but a little bit more uptight I think than NU students mm. yeah 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 yeah. Is that is that basically your impression of Alex Rodriguez? Is that is that what this is? Yeah, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I love you, man. Um, no, 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 Alex. I yeah, I, I get new vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, it's pretty yeah. chill. Yeah, he's yeah, pretty yeah. chill. He's yeah. pretty chill. But he has. I just learned that his his first name is um, Wolfgang. Oh, I'm sorry. His, his middle, middle name. His middle name is Wolfgang. Yeah, named after a physicist. Right? Physicist. Yeah, his parents are are uh, hardcore both, physicists. Both physicists, physics yeah. professors, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, so for people who don't know, um, Alex is, was a uh, was a student here. He's a new grad, but he was a student here at U Chicago. But he's yeah. part of the NU NU team now. So, yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, so yeah, kind of going back to um, I guess the full time ministry discussion. Um, so like, how did you like how did you end up going into full time ministry? I'm sure that's a question that you get sometimes. But like, yeah, yeah, what what made you want to do it? Uh, how how did that process look like for you? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um well, 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 by then, let's see. So that was, I was doing, 
college ministry in Berkeley for the better part of five, six years by then. And um, I think I think by then it was it was pretty clear that I really enjoyed ministering to college students. Um, there were more than a couple of, of times where, man, like, and you had the experience, CP, too, where you, you minister to someone and, and they're far away from God, but mm-hmm. something clicks and... And that that moment, like for me, I remember it was it was Barrowas Hall and leading a, a a student in course 101 and a non-Christian background, junior transfer, and and just that moment of decision. And it's like, and and it's like, how did how did you get to this point? And 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 you're just so thankful that they mm-hmm. responded, and 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 that 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 sense of like, I can I can I can see myself doing this like for the long haul. So that was always there, um, but I, I grew up with uh, with parents who were very much into, hey, you need to kind of live for yourself and and the world's kind of a scary place and uh, and, and have a good job and, and make money and have money in the bank and just just make sure because you never know what will happen in life. And so I think that's that's kind of the push and pull in my heart too because for full-time life, I mean, I mean doing ministry as a bivocational minister is, is one thing, and, and but it's it's a whole other ballgame to say, hey, we're going to, um, we're going to give up our jobs and actually do this full time. And so I think I had a lot of fears about about that, about like how my kids will ter- turn out, how we'll do financially, um, you know, just just even like American dream, home home ownership, all that. Because mm. um, so much of my life has had been toward that one goal. Like ever since I was I was I was a kid, it's it's SAT, so you can get into a good college, dot dot dot, so that you can live this kind of a life. And so I think I think that was that was the hard the hard death. Um, it was made a little bit easier uh, because before I went full time, my my wife did. And so, so that in itself was was a, a big adjustment, going from two incomes to one. Um, I was at a, a point of our church where there there was kind of a, a need that it opened up for for um, for Emily to be able to work and help out with church things. And so that was kind of a, a small stepping stone for me. Um, but I, I think I think what really helps is is the the um, you know Matthew six thirty. It's the store for yourself treasure in heaven verse, and uh, where, where where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Um, and it's just that 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 picture of man, like what's most important in life, and what'll actually last. Um, it's it's not anything on earth. And and I, I tell the story all the time. But I was a I was a natural gas pipeline engineer for PG and E. And and if you know anything about about um, about metal pipes, is is that they they rust. They literally rust and are destroyed. And so we have this whole department called the cathodic protection department. And and. And for all the nerdy Chicago chemistry majors, you know, like cathodes, <laughs> nanodes, and to, to, to do whatever they can to kind of prolong these pipes. But in 50 years, they, they rust, I get to replace it. And so literally, I, I thought, man, I'm spending all of my life investing in these darn pipes that in a couple <laughs> decades are gone. Like, what literally, am I? Literally. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. So then but, then, but then as opposed to that, you can invest in people and in God and, and those things are eternal. And so, so it, I think it's, it's small things like that. Mm. Um, but I was I was a little bit late to the game. So so this is back when when our church did like a one year training program for for those that wanted to 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 try to get trained up to be sent out. And um, and we received an email. Hey hey, who wants to sign up? And and I, I looked at, at the email and I just I just archived it. It's like great, <laughs> yeah, man. Power that's, to you guys for who cool, wants to do that. Cool that's story, cool. bro. <laughs> yeah yeah. It's like that's, that's nice, man. Um, so that was that was in the fall of gosh maybe twenty eighteen eighteen yeah. Yeah, yeah and then. But then there was, um, yeah, we we had a we had a staff retreat um, that 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 winter, and and it just I don't know hit hit with like the basic gospel again, and and that Matthew verse again, and I just realized, oh man, I'm just I'm pretty I'm pretty wimpy, um, I'm pretty fearful, but I, I think maybe maybe just for a year I can maybe have enough courage to try this for a year, and um, and and then so then afterward I sent Pastor Ed and Kelly an email. It was kind of late. I said, hey, like different reasons why I, I didn't sign up initially but hey if it's not too late um, mm. I would I would love to at least try it and they were gracious enough to let us try it um, mm. and so yeah kind of long story short that's that's what happened mm. man that's so so like I guess so initially you didn't respond and then and then you hit, got hit by God's word yeah and then you kind of came back and said okay I feel like I need to do this yeah right and so yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think like another another life verse for me is is John twelve, and it talks about the kernel of wheat. Um, that like unless unless it falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it bears fruit. And that was a, a pretty crucial um, verse for me back when I was a new grad deciding to go to Taiwan mm. or not. And that's that's for another 
that's that's a that's a whole another story. But I think that that verse really kind of captures my life, where I just want to be that seed. I don't want to die. Like I just want to hold on to my life, and I, I really don't want to surrender. I don't want to give up.、Um, but then, if you do so, then you'll just remain a single seed. Like you're, you're not going to be a blessing、um, to to others. And so, the picture of Jesus dying and bearing fruit, and and so it, it was verses like that that really helped me.、Mm-hmm. So, so that that yeah. So that was another verse too. As I was deciding to go full time, it's like, oh man, am I really going to hold on tightly to my own life, or am I going to let Jesus kind of be Lord over my life and, and surrender everything? So. Um, yeah, it's 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 through different verses like that where I think God kind of grabbed a hold of my heart,、mm. and then I had just enough faith,、uh, maybe just for a year, God, and, and we'll, we'll kind of see from there. Yeah,、um, but but God kind of worked through a decision like that. Yeah. So so it sounds like when you signed up to go full time, your understanding was we'll try it out for a year. It was like、yeah. time bound, right? Yeah. So was there something that happened during that year that because obviously you know it wasn't just a year, right? Yeah, so yeah. it ended up not being just a year. So. Uh, like, did something happen, or was there like a realization through that year, or like kind of what carried? Because you came out here to Chicago a、it、year was, and a half after、yeah. you went full time, right? So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think、um, this is not a very spiritual answer,、um, but I think at least two things happened. One was with regards to finances that I didn't die and it was okay,、mm-hmm. and so so I think that was again a, a big barrier for me, but. Um, just I don't know, maybe maybe it's it's just learning to live a little bit more frugally, or or just to I don't know, kind of that that kind of seeing that play out for the year was was it, it was it was it was okay,、mm-hmm. yeah, and and receiving a lot of love and a lot of help from other people too,、um, and I think there was a a certain picture of life that that had to die too, and so so.、Um, Specifically with regards to finances, one one thing that my my mentor counseled me was, was just thinking about the typical picture of the American dream, how you would work really hard and and save up like a nest egg for for yourself or for your kids, so that you can you can retire. And I remember my my mentor was saying, "Hey, but like, what's the picture of of retirement? It's it's I don't know, maybe in in like Arizona somewhere, living like a, a pretty pretty lavish and pretty nice life、um, with、uh, with golf carts and golf and You know, like kind of, kind of a, a a pretty nice life. But he said, "Hey, but like, is that the life that we envision for ourselves?、Um, are we really going to be living that way, or are we just going to keep living a life on mission until until you know we pass away?" And、um, you know, and, and I realized that's that's probably true. I mean, it's it's good if you can save up money, but for the most part, I want to keep trying to do ministry, whether it's it's to college students or it's to like you know other elderly residents at a, at a at an elderly home. But、um, I really don't need. Like all that much money to 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 live a, a really fulfilling life even after retirement, and so I think little things like that、um, kind of help me to just put a little bit of perspective on on finances.、Um, so that that was、mm-hmm. one, and then I think I think secondly, just doing it with others. So then DP just our our FitLit, like the other bros, you know Isaiah,、yeah. Stephen, John, Tim, and and just doing life together. That that was awesome.、Um, and it's it, it was it was like nearly twenty four seven together, and so we'd have times with Pastor Daniel. In the Berkeley room, going through Course Two Hundred One,、uh, we would be, you know, like Tony's son. So, so Stefan's dad, he was kind of our de facto like drill sergeant and physical trainer. Physical trainer, <laughs>、yeah. and so, like, even at a good, you know, fifty years old, he's like, he's laughing us out there. And yeah, he's outrunning us. He's outrunning us, <laughs> and to this day, he would still send us these、um, really sweaty like selfies of him ha- having run like eight miles, and he yeah, still, he still a, says, "Hey, a like, screenshot of his like run, his, his Nike Plus, yeah, his like five、run. minute mile or and something." And it's like, "What are you guys doing with your life?" You know, <laughs>、uh, and it's very formative times, yeah,、um, and 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 just time with Pastor Ed and Kelly, and、uh, I, I don't know, just just realizing that like it's it's so sweet to do life together and do it in community, and、yeah. um, and so you don't you don't you don't feel too crazy when you have other crazies next to you.、Mm, yeah, man. I I really miss those because you know like we went f- full time for it was supposed to be for a year, and then you know after six know. months like us. us you know me and Kata we got you know sent out early to Chicago so yeah, yeah. we missed out on the rest of that fellowship together but、yeah. man those first six months I I have a lot of fond memories of yeah yeah particularly、uh, yeah I think my the most formative memories were exercising with. Tony Sun in the morning and just、yeah. just getting whooped by him every yeah, day. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just shape how we do ministry. Yeah, just yeah. Maybe we should. Maybe we need、it. to start that up again. Maybe、yeah. we, we should do just the early morning exercise together with all the brothers. But he is Tony Sun and I'm Kevin Huang,、yeah. so I'm. But we have Stephen Sun, so maybe he can grow into that that's role. That's true. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Stefan. All right, that's your next role. Yeah, Stephen, <laughs> are you listening? Nice. Um, so um, maybe we can then uh, kind of talk a little bit about like kind of some of your formative experiences um, like, you know, high school or not high school, like, uh, like college and beyond. Yeah. And, um, cause I know you grew up going to church, right. Yeah. But maybe you can kind of just quickly take us through like what you were like as a high schooler and kind yeah. of your journey kind of to faith and, and Lordship, uh, in, into college. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, uh, in high school, if I can, if I can capture it in two words, I would say plaid shorts. Plaid um, shorts. <laughs> and so I'm curious how many people listening to this podcast could say that you worked as a floor model in high school. Well, that was me. Oh, wow. Um, so I was officially a model, oh, which yeah. means that I was, I was the pimply um, Hollister salesperson folding clothes in like the back room. Okay. So I was, <laughs> I worked for Hollister uh, when I was in, when I was in high school. Um, so I would. Do our people just, even know what Hollister is? Oh man. Is that like a national uh, the, brand or is that just in California? Myself? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a it's a clothing it's a yeah clothing, clothing brand. Yeah, it was so, kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. I would wear, <laughs> I would wear plaid shorts and then rainbows. So those are like the sandals. And then I would wear like pink polos. And if <laughs> I'm feeling really daring, I would wear two two polos. So when you pop the collar, you have two colors on the inside and outside. What? So, anyways, was that a thing? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a thing. Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Dang. Yeah, so I think no, I think for 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 me, um, my 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 one mission in life in high school was to be impressive, uh, to but then I think undergirding that is is a deep sense of insecurity, of of really wanting people to to like me. I grew up the the youngest of three, of uh, two older brothers, and and they're pretty competent in, in different ways, and so I, I was always feeling like, oh man, I gotta earn my place in the world, and so that that. In, in typical kind of Asian fashion that, that was directed primarily towards school. So trying to do well in school, but then it was also, it was, it was in the church world too. And so I, I grew up in a church and so that manifested in, in just serving and um, helping out at church. And so I think that was, that was kind of my, my main goal in life. Um, and then when I, when I came to college, uh, I just remember being, being hit with the aspect of the gospel where, where it's a free gift. Like you don't have to earn it. You don't have to be impressive. If anything, the gospel says that that we're broken sinners, and so it was in college that the gospel really hit me afresh for the first time. Um, winter retreat freshman year, and and it was like the the lordship pie, and realizing that I hadn't I hadn't given full lordship over my entire life to Jesus. Um, but I think, and then really experiencing kind of after that, my 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 big, I don't know, just 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 learning to to embrace that identity as as someone who's beloved, and really doesn't have to earn anything. And so, so the picture in, in, in Mark 1, 11 of, of God telling Jesus that you are my beloved son with you who I am well pleased. And just the observation that, man, God told him that, you know, before Jesus even did an ounce of ministry, that was before his ministry and, and God bestowed that identity on him. And so I think a lot of my testimony is, is really understanding that, that I don't have to earn my place and my keep, that God loves me thoroughly. Hmm. Uh, and, and, then, and then from there, like from that place of, of being being sure in the identity, then comes that comes ministry and and, and an output. So uh, that's that's a little bit of, of my story. Um, but uh, I, th- I think what was really formative is is uh, it was going to a Taiwan mission trip my junior year. I think that that really changed my life. It was uh, let's see. So that was yeah summer after my junior year. Um, and if you haven't been on foreign missions, it, it's it's such a it's, it's it's something about just being on mission twenty four seven. Um, originally I didn't, I didn't want to sign up cause it costs a lot of money. And then I was also, I was also hoping for like a, for a summer internship, but, um, I, a couple of my friends signed up and, and, and I decided to kind of join on last minute, but we, I went there and it was like, I mean, Taiwan is, is like, you know, 95 degrees, hundred degrees, hundred percent humidity. And, and you're sweating through your shirt and, and you're, you're, you're out there every day and, and, and like trying to meet people and play basketball and, and putting on gospel nights. Um, and it's one of those experiences where you're thoroughly beat at the end of the day, but you're so like happy mm. and it's, it's like, this is crazy. It doesn't make sense. Like I should be complaining, but, um, but, but really, really enjoying that time. And then afterward, I, I just had a, we, we had a time to write reflections and from like the trip. And then, you know, my, my parents emigrating from Taiwan, I just thought like, wow, we're history a little bit different. I would be one of these, you know, thousands of, of faceless, nameless, non-Christian, you know, tall, linky Taiwanese guys that didn't know Jesus, 
that were headed to hell and had no idea. Mm. And like, how is it that like somehow the gospel came to me and, and, and I, I have like, I have the, the answer, I have the solution to, to life. And, and so coming back, that was going into my senior year, lived at Dana house and, and it was, there was like a, like a fresh fire, like, oh man, I got to do something with the gospel. And so it was, that was a year when, when we first started having students teach course 101. It's a lot more common now, but this is back in 20, 2009, 2010. And, and, um, and just, yeah, like just teaching someone like course 101 and then at Dana house, Dana house is a, a, a big house with like, and when I was there, it was 22 guys. And so it was like just people, I don't know, thinking about ministry and having people over and we would do 7am prayer. And, and that was, that was a pretty formative year too, of just trying out ministry. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of mishaps too. Like we would have people over and, and then, and then like, we didn't know how to cook. So like we opened the rice pot and it's like, it's still watery. It's like, bro, like, <laughs> bro, there's one button. Like you got to press the cook button. And he was like, oh no, but, but the light was on. It's like, no, that's the, that's a keep warm light. You got to press, there's one button, you know? And, and so we had to like, just, just figure out ministry and stumbling through it. Yeah. Um, but that, that year it was, um, that was like class of 2013. So Kenneth Balibalos, Kevin Eugenio, mm. Josh Yem, those guys when they were freshmen. So, um, yeah, re- really God kind of got a hold of my heart, um, through, through that. Yeah. That mission trip and then that senior year. Mm. Wow. And then I know that you ended up in Taiwan again, yeah. right? Like as a more long-term, I guess it was one year, right? One year yeah, in yeah. Taiwan. Um, and that was your second year out? Yeah, my second year Your out. second year out of out of college. So could, could you maybe tell us a little bit about like yeah. how you decided to go to that? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So so how that happened was when I got back, uh, we had a, we also had a, a discipleship retreat that year. And it was after I'd gotten back from the mission trip. And then as a part of that time, Pastor Red had us respond to a question. It was, it was like a vision casting kind of a question. And the question was, if you had a few like-minded peers um, and if, if money or resources wasn't an issue, then what would you want to do for God? And, and just coming back from Taiwan, I was like, dude, I would love to um, go back and, um, and, and just serve, serve the people there, share the gospel. And so we, we wrote our answers kind of individually and then afterward, then we had a chance to share by life group. And it was one of those God moments, Sierra Lodge, lights are dim, music is playing. And, and out of my, gosh, maybe six or seven peers, um, four of us shared, Hey, like, I would love to go back to Taiwan. Mm. And it's like, dang, like, did you really, do you really mean that? And do you mean that? And we're looking at each other and like, is this going to happen? Um, and, and it was, I don't know, that was, that was like a seed that was planted on our hearts. And so, um, but it's one of those like, that was nice. <laughs> that was a cool time. And then and kind of shelved that plan. Cause that was, we we're heading into senior year, mm. uh, senior year happened, graduated. I went to grad school, a one year masters and then finished that. Um, and, and I will always remember it was 2011. So it was when I was finishing that one year, we had a Thanksgiving retreat and, um, back then it was, it was a, a huge affair. We, we'd have um, reports from other church plants and, and things. So, so pastor Andy, he was in Taiwan as the pastor there. He, he was, he, he, he flew back. So he was, he was in Berkeley. And so he was giving like a report of the Taiwan ministry. And, and, um, as a, as a part of that time, he was, he was sharing things that were really encouraging there. There's, there's a lot of brothers. And so he, at the end, he, he said, um, we have a need in our ministry. We have a need for young, single Chinese speaking bros. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, in row 16, I'm like, jacked, jacked, <laughs> jacked, young, that single as like, <laughs> oh no. And that started um, three months of of some of the most miserable months of my Christian life. Mm. It was like, I'm going to Taiwan. I'm going to Taiwan for sure. Forget this. And then, oh no, I'm not going to go to Taiwan. And and really feeling the seesaw. I think compounded was um, right around that time that that spring. Um, I essentially got the the job of my dreams as a as a Mecky in the Bay Area. There's not too many jobs, but I happened to get a job that was really close by and was kind of in my line of work too. And and so it was, it was one of these like, oh man, am I going to take this job or am I going to go to Taiwan? And, and, and I just remember like pacing around my room and, and praying. And, um, that was, that was the first time that I actually went to Pastor Ed's office and I knocked on the door and I, I said, Hey, Pastor Ed, can you help me? And really kind of struggling through this decision. Um, I remember he, he gave me a really helpful book. It's, it's God's will for anxious Christians. And, um, 
And, and as a, as there's one chapter that says it's called why you don't need to know God's will for your life. And the, the short of that chapter essentially is, is like, how do you know what God's will is? One is if it's a sin, then you know, for sure that's not God's will, but otherwise God gives us wisdom. Um, you see that all throughout Psalms and Proverbs, God gives us wisdom to decide. And he was, and so pastor was reassuring me that in this case, like, like it's one clearly a sin and one is not, no, that's not the case. I think I would, I would have wanted to serve God regardless, like taking the job and being in, in Berkeley and doing ministry, like that's, that's, that's good. And then going to Taiwan, giving up the job, that would have been good as well. So essentially I had to decide. Um, and so I remember calling the, the hiring manager and saying, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this job. I'm gonna be a missionary. And, and she said, you're crazy. And do you know what you're doing? And this is kind of like post recession. Um, and so, mm. so, but but I ended up turning it down and then, and then those, those three other peers, um, they all decided to do the same thing too. And so that year there were four of us that got to go there to Taiwan to serve. Um, one of the best years of my life, um, mm. really crazy, uh, what, what, what God allowed me to experience that year. Mm. And then just, just to kind of, um, Man, I, I could just keep going, but yeah, so you feel free to stop me. But yeah, yeah. I think, uh, no, yeah, I think you should just tell us about your time there. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, best year of your life. Like, yeah. what is it that God showed you through that time? Yeah, or, or how about, yeah, be, be, before that, I think, um, I, I experienced, I experienced like my, my parents not being happy. Mm, and so yeah, that was yeah. a whole thing too, really breaking my parents' heart. And so, um, it's, it's one of those like, like I, I called my mom and I said, Hey, this is what happened. And cause my mom knew about that job offer too. Mm. And so she was, she was happy about the job. And when I told her, I, I, you know, I'm going to do this Taiwan thing. She hung up mm. and it's like, Oh, so then I, I call back and then, and then dad picks up and says, Hey, mom's not talking to you. And it's like, I'm like, like the nice Chinese boy, you know, and, mm. and, 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 and never, never did anything close to this. And so I, I just felt rotten, like, Oh shoot, mm. what am I doing? And and then I remember talking to John Chow. Um, this was, I met up with him because we were in the same ministry group. So, so John is at Santa Barbara, John and Carol. Mm. And, um, and I was, I was kind of sharing my heart because I knew that he had served in Taiwan as well. And he was like, oh yeah, my mom did that to me too. And he's like, oh yeah, like that's, you know, hang in there and, mm. and, and she'll kind of come around eventually and really love them and, and pray for them. And the next time that I, I saw my mom, so that, that, that was a, around like February. The next time I saw her was my graduation day in mm. May. And I remember she, I was, I was waiting for her at gypsies and, and she walks in and it's, she just pretended like nothing happened and she gave me a hug and, um, and we, we never really talked about it, but mm. fast forward to, gosh, this is, this is toward the end of that one year. Um, I had heard kind of through the grapevine that at church, my mom started bragging about me. <laughs> you wouldn't believe my son. He's a missionary. He turned down a job to serve the people I'm like thinking, what the heck, mom, you can't like, yeah. what the, you can't. So anyways, I think, I think God was working on her heart mm. uh, through that decision. And, and, um, I think she, yeah, she, she kind of respects the life that I live now. Um, and so it was, so yeah, that, that year, I, I think to, to summarize uh, my experience there, I think I, I had, a, I was, I was going in there with a head full of steam that I was going to accomplish all these things for God but God had a really different plan. My, my experience afterward is that God really was trying to work on me rather than, than working through me. I think ministry was, was, was hard. And so there wasn't much ministry output, but, um, but it was, it was through that year that God really kind of worked on my heart, I think. Um, and so, so I kind of laugh about it now, but, um, so thankful that God placed me there with pastor Andy. And, uh, if, if you guys don't know pastor Andy, he, he's an awesome leader and, and he has a, he has a gift of just really humbling people because, Cause I was just this hot shot and, and there's, there's this, oh man, the 0% story. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it kind of brief, but essentially uh, when I, when I first got there, I remember talking with, um, with Will Wu and Will was, he was, he, he had been there serving for, for six months or, or, or a year by then. So Will is at our OSU ministry now. And he said, Kevin, I'm so thankful you're here. I can finally win. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And it turns out that they would always do old versus young competition, everything, basketball, foosball, like ping pong, like ping pong football. And so, so by, by us four youngins coming in, we, we, we finally pushed Will up to the Into older the ones. Old yeah. He's only, he's only a year older than us, but quickly realized what he said. So we, we would just constantly get destroyed, like playing basketball and things. And, and I don't know, like, I think just, just my, my own ego really had to, to die in different ways. 
Um, but, but, but really felt ministered to as, as well from, from Pastor Andy. And I think a lot of it too was kind of exposing how um, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you can, you can really be serving God, but your heart can really be far from God. Mm. And he, he identified that for me, like here I was, like I gave up a job and I was serving there and um, that really got into my head. And he, he noticed that there was very little love for people, which, which again, sounds crazy. Like how could you be doing ministry and not have a love for people? But seeing that I was kind of hollowing out, going through the motions. Um, and then I was, I was also like really anxious about work too. And so I, my, my heart was really split. I was checking for jobs back at home. And, and, uh, and so he, he, he ended up kind of, um, kind of helping me work through that. But, but, but him, I remember him sharing his heart with me. He said, Hey, Kevin, like, it's totally cool if you want to go back and get a job, like that's fine. But like, I want you to, to love people and to be so present here in this ministry while you're here, such that it'll be really hard for you to leave at the end. Mm. Because he sensed though, that I was kind of on my way out and I'm so thankful for that, that, um, that, that challenge. And so, so that, I don't know. So I had, I had six months and that was, that was a really sweet six months. Mm. Things are just, just lingering conversations with the other staff. Um, I remember me, me and Sam. So Sam Fu, he's, he's still out there. He's class of 2012 slash 13. He's one of the staff there. And mm. we were praying for one of his, uh, his, his old friends, Leon. And, and we were roommates then. And, and I just remember praying. It was, it was New Year's Eve of, of 2011, 2012. And we we're really praying for his friend Leon to surrender his life to Christ. Um, and then New Year's Day, we had a service. And then out of all days, Pastor Andy had an altar call. And like, it's one of those, like Leon stands up and it's slow motion and he's walking to the front and like, like I'm like tearing up and then Sam's tearing up mm. and then he gives his life to Christ. Um, and, and, and he's still there to this day. Leon's actually one of the staff there. Mm. Um, and so it's just, it's moments like that where it's really God's grace. Um, yeah, getting to experience that. So, so just, just, yeah, really thankful. And then, and then by that, by the year's end, I think I left a, a good chunk of my heart there. Uh, with with the other staff and the students there, so um, yeah, so 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 that was that was like 2012, and then came back. Um, it was it was kind of weird. I I, I re-interviewed for that same job mm. at that company. I ended up getting that job, and then much later, I I got to talk to that hiring manager, and and it turns out that she was um, she's Christian. Mm. And it turns out that not just that, but she had done college ministry oh, about, wow. oh, back when she was in college and then, and then she got married and her and her husband did college ministry. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget what she said after she said, but then Kevin, but then I had kids and he, she said, you know how it is. Like it's, it's soccer practice. It's like, like day in, day out, it's travel. And she said, oh man, um, I'm really proud of what you did of turning down the job to serve there. Hmm. Like, I don't know how you do what you do, but I'm, I'm, it's really cool seeing, seeing you, you really go all out for God. And so like, that's crazy. Cause this is the same lady who, who, who said, you know, like, what are you doing giving up this job? Mm. But there was, there was almost like a nostalgia in her mind. Like, wow. Like the, the, the path that you chose is kind of crazy, but it's pretty neat. And so in my better moments, um, able to kind of zoom out and say, wow, I'm really getting to live the dream. It's, 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 it's pretty cool what I get to do for God every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're sharing about like how your boss, the, the hiring manager responded as well as your parents, it just kind of reminds me that we kind of have to take what people say to us or the kind of the initial responses people give to us with a grain of salt because yeah. like a lot of times they're saying one thing, but they might be thinking something else, right? Like, or they might be giving the advice that they feel like they should be giving you. Yeah. But then actually like when we are people of conviction and we try to follow what we believe and we try to live out a biblical life, uh, people kind of do a second you know, kind of forced them to do a double take and yeah. like, huh, like you really believe in what you believe. And, right, right. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a huge testimony, especially to our parents. I know, I think a lot of people yeah. who have like parents who are not necessarily believers or may not agree with um, how, you know, people are choosing to live out their lives. Like ultimately the greatest testimony is not going to be what you say you believe, but like how you actually choose to live it out. Right. right? And so yeah. I, I think I see that kind of pattern uh, in what Kevin was sharing. So yeah, yeah that's neat. So, um, so maybe maybe you can just tell us a little bit about like we'll, we'll fast forward now because you know, so I mean you were you were in Berkeley for a number of years, yep. right? You ministered to um, which classes were you with? A lot Berkeley? of the the even numbers, so 2014, 16. Got it. And then twenty, and then twenty twenty. Yeah. And then in twenty twenty, you guys moved out. 
yep. here to Chicago. So maybe just tell us a little bit about like what your Chicago experience has been like. Um, so, you know, uh, I guess we talked about full-time transition earlier, yeah. but kind of, yeah. How has ministry been here on a elite private school? How's it been uh, leading a small team and, and trying to figure out Chicago ministry? Yeah, moving to plant the church in 2020 mid COVID was was great. You know, this, it was it was a painful time, um, and you come and everything shut down, and, yeah. and so a lot of that first year. Um, and uh, Matt Choi, if you're listening, man, we remember like all right, like online services and Zoom and like just <laughs> online games, and and um, I'll, I'll never forget like. They had this crazy challenge. Like, this is like the first thing that we did with our students. And this is our glorious introduction to NU ministry. But then um, our staff graciously blended together all these terrible foods and had made this mega pink smoothie that we drank like on, on camera. Like, you know, it's just that it was, it was a different era. Um, uh-huh. But, um, you know, a spicy food challenge. So I, a lot of that. But I think in hindsight, that was kind of a blessing because... Um, it meant a lot of time spent with the staff and, and just jumpstarting our relationship and just trying a lot of things, working hard. Um, and so, so that, that, that first year was kind of a, kind of a blur, but that was reaching out to the, the now juniors. So Joel and Iva, um, I will always remember too. Um, it was our, our welcome night. It was a virtual welcome night that, that year. And then in the middle of, of our, our welcome night program, we get Zoom bombed, which is, it was a terrible, jarring experience. Oh, gosh. Uh, so then we, we managed to kick them out um, because they're being really disruptive. And then, um, and then so I'm, I'm the Zoom host. And then on their participants channel, it says, Iva Hammett Kess is, is in the waiting room. And I'm like, Zoom bomber, decline. Oh. I kicked them out. <laughs> I'm like, trying to get back. Turns old then, but then Iva, she rejoined again to bless her soul, um, and I let her in. And, and of course, it was this, this sweet, you know, a freshman um, who was who happened to just join a little bit late. And so, um, sorry about that, Iva. Um, she, she's now one of our. That's funny. Oh, I didn't know Christian that part juniors. of the story. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, "What is this Zoom barber coming back?" Iva. Yeah, Iva. So, yeah. So that that was that was a kind of a yeah transitional kind of a year, mm. um, but spent a lot of time there, and then. Um, but but yeah, since since then it's 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 been an adjustment. Yeah, coming from a big public school to a, to a smaller private school, I think just a lot of what I really strive to do is just to understand the the culture, the the people, the rhythms of campus, and just being present. Um, and it's 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 crazy. It's like it's like trying to pilot like a, a ship on a stormy sea. It's like it's it's I don't know. Everything is constantly changing. You don't know where the horizon is, and and it's it's just a lot of trying things and adjusting. And so um, one, one model that we had in our ministry was um, it, it's, it's a framework of like ready, aim, fire, but to, there's something to be said about just fire, fire, fire. Like just, <laughs> I don't know what's going to work. We can, we can spend all day trying to figure out where to aim this, this gun, um, but, but let's just try things. And so um, it's been, been kind of, yeah, trying to experiment with different things. Um, but it's, it's, been really, it's been really cool. So, so I guess more recently, this past quarter, uh, what we've been doing in our ministry is is um, it, one, one one thing that we've been trying is Vanguard, and I, I know you Chicago has been doing a, a variation on it too. But mm-hmm. I think just coming out of retreat, our winter retreat, all of us are really addressed. Like, oh man, heaven, hell, and spiritual battle, and we have the gospel, and so um, so I, I sent out this kind of intentionally like intense email. Hey, we're going to do this evangelism training group, and. Um, hey, this is not for the faint of heart, you know, like it's, it's totally cool. Like we, we can disciple you in different ways just for those that want to join. But if you want to join us Saturday mornings, 8 a.m., we're going to pray on campus for an hour. And then at nine, we are going to, we're going to do some evangelism training. We're going to, we're going to just pray and, and read and share and, and kind of scheme together of, of how to like reach our campus for the gospel. I fully expecting a couple of students to join to, to sign up. But that first Saturday, 8 a.m., there were, there were 13 of them that came mm. And uh, it's it's cool, just really really experiencing something happening, like in in my heart and the hearts of the staff, but also the students too. And so really really cool seeing the gospel conversations now happening. Um, people uh, really burdening for for their friends, for their roommates, um, such that yeah, we're we're starting to see some course one ones start too. And and um, yeah, and now now pretty excited heading into spring quarter to try to do different things, try to reach campus. So that that's been a, a bright spot for us. And then another, I think another thing too is is just seeing college students get involved in, in loving youth, and and uh, we had a chance to go to two separate 
churches a couple of weeks ago on a Friday, and um, and to to yeah, so we we had a, we had a chance to do a like Bible study apologetics booths for some of the youth, and um, yeah, it's 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 been kind of a, a really sweet experience mm. seeing college students really serving. I think it's it's that's that's my own personal experience too, where where like sometimes it's, it's as we serve God, it's as we do ministry that everything else kind of clicks and falls into place. Like that causes our prayers to kind of come alive. It causes devotions to come alive. Um, so seeing seeing that interplay play out with uh, with our staff and our students has been pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So as you think about Chicago Church, like you know, five, ten years down the line, like is there something that comes to mind? Like any any sort of vision or kind of what you would hope to see uh, start to happen in our church here? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, man, um, we, we've been kicking around the idea of city church, yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and that's like so cool. It's it's the picture of of uh, maybe like a cross generational a congregation across campus. Um, I would really love to see that happen. Mm. I think just the reality is that Chicago is such a destination for for postgraduates. Just just uh, like a, a rather big city here in the Midwest, and I don't know, maybe even like a postgraduate ministry too, but. I think that gets me pretty excited seeing because because the reality is that um, a lot of these campuses are, are at least in, in my mind kind of small compared to the large public schools and and so but but I think uh, coming together joining forces um, just just building a lot of cross campus relationships mm-hmm. and worshiping together at a single service um, that'll be I don't know that, that that's that's pretty exciting kind of seeing the the scale and 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 the depth of relationships that we can we can enjoy um, so that's that's kind of one thought mm. um, and then I think. I don't know, like just, just seeing the, the vision of our church continue to be passed down to to some of the students, um, and really appreciating. I don't know, just just uh, really cool to to see if we can in, in in five or ten years time to even send out like a, a church planting team from our ministries here. Mm. Like that sounds pretty pretty crazy, um, but I don't know. I think there's there's still so much of of the college campus you know, nationwide that that's unreached and. And to to see, hey, are there still people that are willing to ante up and, and do this crazy thing of maybe putting their 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 careers, their futures on hold for a couple of years and serving God, like in, in some other place? Yeah, um, like I would I would really want to see that passed on. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we've been kind of throwing around that city church idea. You know, sort of. You know, when we've been talking and. Um, I, I think that'd be so awesome too. And, and, you know, I think the destination city that you're referring to, it's sort of like all the other schools in the Midwest. I mean, you know, as those ministries mature, like people graduate, like a lot of them are going to end up in Chicago. Right. And yeah. so, um, and so for us to become a church where we can kind of be a, a place where we receive new grads and, and kind of have ministries for them to do. I mean, Chicago is a, a city with a lot of needs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the whole picture of like, yeah, like Kevin and I have seriously been talking about like, um, like what, what would it look like to have a Sunday service, for example, where, um, like you Chicago and you, uh, UIC, IIT, you know, Loyola, DePaul, like students from yeah. all these campuses that are like not that far from each other. Yeah. Yeah. But like, they're all kind of small, but then if you all come together, you could actually have a pretty sizable group yeah. and, and a really diverse group of people that are worshiping, worshiping together. And um, and calling each other brothers and sisters in Christ, and and then being sent out to, yeah. like, minister to people in Chicago, be a be a source of blessing. Like, I feel like that, that's sort of the part, at least a, a portion of the picture of the end game somehow. Yeah. in Chicago. So, yeah. I mean, that's definitely something we've been thinking about and talking about. So, and then and then even like seeing youth ministry, um, <clears throat> I think there's a there's just just a huge kind of ministry opportunity there too. And I think that would be that would be really cool to see a robust kind of youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's inner high, whether it's area youth ministry, kind of blessing other churches, because uh, I think that's that's again just the nature of the city and, and the suburbs and the surrounding areas. There's I think so many churches out there that would 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 die to even have one or two committed you know community members help out with their youth group and 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 to see a a whole a whole host of students who are mobilized and excited and who are equipped to go and to be a blessing to to existing churches. I think that would be that'd be really really sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if, you know, like, and I think always the battle is like, you know, are, do people have the time or are people willing to give the time, right? Because obviously everything we're talking about entails then a little bit more travel than we're used to or, you know, right. like needing to gather together or coordinate and things like that. And yeah. if, but I feel like we're each of these campuses that we're at, we're sort of gathering a, a core group yeah. of people who are, I think, starting to see what our church is about and getting excited for ministry. And I feel like, I feel we could start moving in that direction and yeah. um, trying to get us all to kind of join forces, be the be the church in Chicago together, a, a group of college students excited for the Lord and yeah. and 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 really blessing, um, yeah, blessing Chicagoland yep. uh, through that. So yeah, that'd be super awesome. Um, maybe to wrap up, um, kind of thinking back on your story, um, you know, I think there were kind of various moments at which I think you experienced a lot of like kind of kind of catalytic moments, you know, whether it was going to Taiwan the first time, going to Taiwan the second time, going full time. And each of these times, I think you sort of, you know, it's like you were like scared, but then like God spoke to you. And so you like ended up like choosing to do it, but then like you really experienced God through it. And so like, how, how would you kind of, if you had to sum up like your experiences thus far into like a spiritual lesson as a way to kind of encourage or exhort yeah. our students, like how, how like what, what would you want to tell them? Like, you know, yeah. just as a word of exhortation. Yeah, this um, this may sound kind of cliche, but as I as I look back, um, like I I never regret obeying God, and that's usually only in my better moments and my more clear moments. Uh, do I do I really try to obey? It's hard though, because in the moment, it's sometimes obedience doesn't make a lot of sense. But as I look back to the different yeah catalytic pivotal moments. Like, am I going to trust God in this area or not? Am I going to surrender this area or not? Like, I've I've never I've never regretted obeying. It's not to say that every time it was it was awesome and and smooth, but but there's something about looking back and just having the benefit of of, of hindsight, um, really seeing that like God, yeah, God, I think He knows what He's doing. Like He is He He is He is God. He is the author of life. He knows what leads to thriving, and so um, so I I think just never regretted giving more of my time or of my money or of, of, of my energy or, or, or just surrendering um, my family, my relationships um, in every one of those situations, really experiencing um, just, it's, it's, it's cool to be a blessing and it's cool to, to, yeah, to be able to love people and to minister to people. And so I think um, again, it's going to, it's going to sound really cliche, but, but if you're, if you're just figuring out, man, man, like, should I, should I trust God with this area of my life or not? Um, to, to be able to zoom out and see, yeah, like, like God is trustworthy. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll never forget when I was, um, when I was in high school as a nerdy mechanical engineer, my, my dream school was MIT and I applied early. I was, I was pretty confident I would get in and I would, I would snoop on these kind of, um, like college admissions forums online and stuff. And then some people would start saying, Hey, I started to get to my, I started to get my, my letters and, and, and so back then at MIT sent these tubes, like mailing tubes, if you got in. And so every day I would look out my window and fully expect, you know, the, the mailman with the tube and then, and then I got the letter, you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, and I had one of these existential, like, what, you know, and, and then, and then my brother, my, my older brother, um, he was sharing the Proverbs three, five through six verse, the trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And, and just like him telling me, Hey, don't lean on your own understanding, Kevin. Like you really don't know how God is leading you. I really trust God with all of your heart and acknowledge him in, in everything that you do. And, um, and I don't know, like, of course, in, in that case, I didn't, I didn't choose like Berkeley over MIT. It kind of, mm. um, it kind of chose me, but looking back, I'm so thankful how, how life played out. Um, but I can, I can testify though, in, 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 in different decisions of my life, like to trust God and to, to follow him, um, has, has really been for, for the better. So, uh, that would be, yeah, kind of my one word. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you were sharing it, like it reminded me of that, that, uh, situation in first Kings where, um, oh, first Kings 18, but basically, you know, Elijah's confronting the people of God and. And then he says to them, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And then the ominous words, it says, and the people did not answer him a word. And it's like, and you just know, like, 
nothing bad's about to happen, right? And yeah. so it's sort of like, you know, when you were saying like, you don't have any regrets from saying yes. I think all my regrets in my in my life of following Jesus has been when mm-hmm. I did not speak back, you know, yeah. when I did not answer him back a word. And, uh, but when I did say yes, right, I think that has always led to blessing in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think that's part of what faith looks like, you yeah. know, like, uh, and, and then I think both yours and my experience is that God doesn't, God didn't speak to us in this audible voice or anything. Like mm-hmm. he spoke to us often through like situations or an opportunity to sign up for something or just an opportunity to say yes to some new challenge. And, you know, when we said yes to those things, you know, and God led us all the way. So, yep. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it for today. Cool. Oh, thanks, Kevin. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's another episode of D-Pod. Finally had Kevin on here. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to interview uh, some of the Chicagoland leads. And uh, and I know some of you have been asking to have some of the students on. So maybe we'll do that soon. All right. See ya.